I think one of the most challenging parts of Rosh Hashanah is the responsibility to be happy. The rabbis tell us pretty clearly that the goal of Rosh Hashanah is to be joyed even if you're trembling. Simcha, happiness is everywhere. We don't trigger any sadness. It's amazing. We don't have nuts because they have the numerical value of sin. We don't. Some people don't eat fish because it's the Hebrew word dag. It reminds you of dag to be worried. I mean, literally, you're being judged, and the rabbi's like, "Nah, don't worry about it." In fact, don't, I don't even worry about it. We want you to be happy. It's a, it's a holiday. The famous story of Ezra and Nehemiah when the Jews came back to Israel and they read them the Torah and they started to cry because they weren't keeping much, much of it. And it was the day of Rosh Hashanah. And I just started crying. Nehemiah himself says, stop crying. Go home. Echlu mashmanim. Go eat good food. Because don't worry about it. Delight, be, take delight in Hashem. It's a yontif. We don't say, we don't say, we don't say, we don't say, we don't we don't confess our sins. It's an incredible weird concept that you're standing in front of the judge and you're being judged for your year and yet you don't spend a lot of time saying sorry and not only that you have to be happy what if you're nervous what if you're worried how are you happy where does it come from so i want to share with you a really cool story guy told told me this years ago and it wasn't until recently that i appreciate it in a way that I could understand its connection to Rosh Hashanah. Listen to this. So a guy comes to me. I was upstate for the weekend. And the guy's like, I got to tell you a great story. I said, okay. He said, I'm from Brooklyn. And I went to law school in New York. And I went to like a New York-based law school. So first day of law school comes. The way law school works is you have what you have like study groups. And so when you study, it's very hard. So what, a lot of times in a lot of law schools, they put you into these random groups. And they, you begin your year studying with people, learning the cases. And he goes, I'm sitting around with four people. And we're, we're talking a million miles an hour. Everyone's, and then one person seems like a little bit like off. Not mentally, just like was a little like taken aback. So where are you from? What's going on? Where are you asking? He's like, I'm from a couple of towns um, south of Monticello or north of Monticello, he says. Really? Where? How? This? That? Oh my gosh. And the guy's like, you know Monticello? He goes, well, I grew up in Monticello. I went to the bungalow colony as a kid. He goes, really? Where did you go? This, Liberty, this. Oh my gosh, so this thing and that thing and the bowling alley and the the the, 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 the rink and the lake and they're, they know, I mean, they know the same area. He went there for the summer, but this this guy grew up there. So my this guy's telling me the story. He's like, we became like best friends. You know, we're a totally different person. This is a, a guy from a, ra- a random guy from, you know, upstate, and I'm a, a random Jew from Brooklyn, but the two of us hit it off. So let's call the guy John. I don't know what's his name. And let's call this guy uh, David, even though it's, but that's not their names. So great. John and David become best of friends. In three years in law school, they study together, they go to the same classes together, they appreciate each other, but they have different lives completely. Graduation, let's keep in touch, for sure, I'll call you. John goes back, David goes back. 20 years later, nobody says hello, it's gone. So this guy, David, is telling me the story. He's saying to me, he says, listen, I was, he's, he, he became very wealthy. He didn't end up practicing that much. And he goes, and he ended up getting his own bungalow upstate. He goes, one time I was at a fundraiser in, in the city, 
It was Thursday. The fundraiser ended super late. And I was going upstate for the weekend, and I needed to get there at night on Thursday night. So I'm driving upstate. He goes, I'm falling asleep. I'm, like, losing it. So I'm going, like, 80 miles an hour. And as I'm getting close to the country, to the, my exit, he says, I see that there is cones. And it says the exits are all blocked. They were doing construction. So they basically rerouted me. And I had to go up and come back down. So they reroute, as I get to my exit, I can't. So I go to the next exit. It's also blocked. I go to the next exit. And I get off the exit now. I'm like totally thrown, right? It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm already late. And I feel like I'm out of the way. You ever get that feeling, by the way, where you're driving and then like you make the wrong turn. Now it's like you go and you have to go one more exit deep. You have to go, you speed to make up the time in your head. So he goes, I get off the exit. He goes, and now I'm flying. He goes, I'm, it's 2 in the morning. There isn't one person up. These small little towns, you know, with the one main street. And I'm zipping, like zipping. I'm going 80 miles an hour. And you know, by the way, when you get off the highway, the highway's like 55, 60 miles an hour. Once you get off the highway, they make it like 10 miles an hour, right? So then when they catch you, they can give you like a 30-plus speed limit break. It's more money for the town. He goes, I'm zipping through, running reds. There's nobody on the streets. I can't keep my eyes open. I'm running reds. I'm making lefts. I'm flying. I'm on the phone. And I I blow through one red, and I hear, whoop, 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 whoop. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Because my heart sank. Like, sank. Around the bend comes a trooper. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Pulls me right over. And, like, as soon as he got out, I was like, I am dead. Like, how stereotypical. Like, as he walks in, he gives me one look, and I knew I was done. It's like, and it didn't help that I had a couple of unpaid tickets. I was like, oh my gosh. He's like going 80 and a 20 on the phone, running a, running a red with unpaid tickets. The guy, he said the cop took 45 minutes till he came back. You know, when he goes back to the car, comes back to his car, handed him 12 tickets and said, it's your lucky day. I'd, I'd imprison you right now, but something with the jails, they couldn't do it that night. There's some town ordinance. He goes, Monday morning, you're in court. We may we may put you in prison until you can figure out all this stuff. He's like, what? And he hands him a summons and he hands him some kind of uh, requirement to show up in court. And like a ticket's for like thousands of dollars. And basically his license is lost. So my, this guy says to me, Dave says to me, he goes, I, I didn't sleep the whole weekend. He goes, if I can't drive, he goes, I can't work. He goes, but I don't know what they're going to do to me up here. Who knows? Like this isn't the friendliest place to people like me. I don't know. Stick me in a pound, I don't know, pound my car. Because Monday morning comes, he goes, I go into the, I, I hire a lawyer. The lawyer's like, I don't know what to do for you. I don't know. I'll, I'll do my best. We get into the trial. He says, you get into the court, tiny little court. Everybody knows everybody. The prosecutor knows everybody. I got my defense attorney who's looking at me like, you got no shot. And we all stand at our, our tables and they go, all rise. And we all, the judge walks in, he sits down, I put my head down, and the prosecutor starts lacing into me. Your Honor, uh, he was caught going 80 and a 20, blue or red, the danger, safety, uh, he's an irresponsible citizen, has unpaid parking, t- uh, unpaid driving tickets. I recommend we put him into jail for a few few days or whatever, and I recommend you know suspending his license. And the the the, the, the it's quiet. The, 
the judge is considering the case, and after a second, the judge says, David? And David picks up his head and looks and goes, yeah, he goes, David? And he looks him in the eyes and he goes, John? He goes, David? From law school? And he goes, John? He goes, oh my gosh, David! I haven't seen you in 20 years. And the prosecutor's like, what is going on over here? The cop in the corner who thought he had like, he just wheeled in a shark is like, what just happened? And John goes, is it defendant? $50 fine. And everything else is dismissed. And David's like, holy cow. You know, you want to know what it feels like to have Rosh Hashanah? Here's what I think. It's serious. It's serious. Your whole year hangs in the balance. And I got to tell you, I don't know much, but they're prosecuting. I, I, from what I've learned, they're prosecuting angel, angels. And I'm sure they got a pretty good case on us. I mean, God gives us a lot. I mean, the breath alone is worth bajillions of dollars. Forget everything else that you get with it. And I don't know if we're like awesome. Some people. A lot of people are just trying to get by. And as you sit at the trial, your head hangs. You'd be so nervous. You look up, and as your head is down, all of a sudden you hear, son or daughter, honey? And you look up at the judge. And the judge isn't your friend from law school. The judge is your father, or even better. Your judge is your grandfather or your grandmother. Your judge is the person that loves you more than you love yourself. And the second you realize that the judge of the whole court is your beloved that loves you more than you, that feeling you have is, I'm in good hands. I'm in good hands. I gotta take this seriously. I gotta step up and pray. I gotta consider my life. I gotta show that I'm serious about it. It's not a freebie. But I'm in good hands. Rabbi teach us, you know, Rosh Hashanah is Gilu the be joyous be joyous as you tremble. Serious business. You're, you're in trial. Introspect. Think. Build a great year for yourself, but at the same time rejoice that the judge is your dad and rely on him. Because if you rely on him, you show him that you think you love me, I trust how much you love me. And that's the trust that he uses to give you the best judgment that you could ever dream of.